Welcome to Falcons Drip, your go-to source for Falcons news and draft coverage. I'm Thon Ray, founder and voice of Falcons Drip. And once again, welcome back, everybody. I just wanted to start off by, I guess, I guess I want to apologize for our last episode. I was kind of a little down. I mean, I'm human. Everyone's human. Emotions were flowing through me. I wasn't really able to kind of sit back and really digest what had happened. I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic now. We got the Patriots. We're going to forget about that game. Hopefully, the Dallas Cowboys game was just an outlier. We had some really tough matchups. It wasn't great for us. Um, We had some injuries that we weren't fully aware of. But time to move on. Thursday night, we got the Patriots coming into town. We got to smash them. Short week, hopefully a short memory from the game on Sunday. And luckily, they don't don't have much time to dwell on what happened. It's kind of get turned around, get ready, because Patriots are never easy, no matter how their season's going. And Mm -hmm. they just smoked the Browns on Sunday. And, you know, that's one thing that Arthur Smith said. And if you listen to his press conferences, like he says it was an awful game. I take full responsibility. It starts with me. But it's nice because after a game like that, we got a quick turnaround and all of our attention needs to be on New England instead of dwelling on what just happened. I mean, there's not even, there's barely time to get players recovered, much less get game planned. The only other good thing is that leaves the Patriots less time too because they're no, Belichick is notoriously good at, at game planning. So. Hopefully this this was a little tougher for him to game plan too. Hopefully he didn't get as much time to analyze our team either. Absolutely. So now Jeff going forward for this game, what what did our injury report look like? Well, it's some bad news because Quarterell is questionable. It'll be really interesting to see if he plays because if he doesn't play, our offense could struggle again, which I don't want to say, but based off what we saw last week, it's it's hard to, to say. You can count on Gage. You could count on anybody other than Pitts and Patterson, really. The good news is Patterson did practice today, today being Tuesday. Um, this will probably come out Wednesday morning. But he did practice Tuesday, so hopefully – I mean, it, it's – it looks better than if he didn't practice, but it's no guarantees at this point. It was limited participation, so. And if he does play, great, but it's still it's still an uphill battle. I mean, I'm sure it, it will be nagging him during the game, and so he may not be 100%. So that's tough. I mean, some of the other guys that are out are not as crucial, but, I mean, it still hurts with Bullard is questionable, Lee Smith is questionable, Kendall Sheffield. I mean, these aren't hugely important guys, but they do matter in certain situations. Josh Andrews is mm-hmm. out on the COVID list as well. And hopefully he's the only one that drops out from COVID. And I, I if, you, if you remember, Atlanta was the first team to be fully vaccinated. Um, so hopefully we won't, seeing that. we won't be seeing COVID going rampant through the team or anything like that. How about... Jayhawk and Hurst, because I believe both of them got hurt pregame or during. I I believe both of them got hurt on Sunday. Hayden Hurst hurt his ankle, so he will be. He didn't practice today, so very unknown if he'll play. And then Jalen Hawkins has been lim. He was limited in practice today, so mm. hopefully he gets to play. You know we're fans of him. Oh, and Hurst not having Hawkins. Definitely hurt us last week, and we didn't know that if he got hurt during pregame warmups. So we didn't. We realized we didn't see a lot of him. Didn't didn't know that he wasn't playing at all. So hopefully he gets better soon because he'll be huge for us playing against these tight ends and running backs of the Patriots. 
Yeah, I think I think we can expect to see, based on the past few weeks, a lot of the running backs. I mean, they had like 200 yards rushing last week. And so those running backs are going to be doing a lot of work. They have been all year. Damien Harris has been good. He's coming off an injury, but he may very well play. I think he practiced a little bit today. Mm-hmm. Ramondre Stevenson, their rookie, looked really good last week. Like 100 yards, two touchdowns. It, they won't be easy by any means. The Cleveland defense is good and, and got scorched. This is another heavy rushing attack. This is another good offensive line. Um, the difference between this week and last week, though, are going to be the wide receivers. Last week, Dallas is really good offense, great offensive line, good running backs, a quarterback that can run, and their receivers are studs. This week, a huge decline in the overall wide receiver talent. I 100% agree. And I think one other big difference between the two offenses is Dallas is very dynamic, very dynamic players. Like they're explosive. New England is very disciplined overall. Like mm. that's that's how the Belichick teams work. The offensive line, extremely well coached, very disciplined. Like that's why you see people pick up New England linemen all the time. That's why New England players get picked up is because they feel like they're getting easy to coach, well-disciplined players. So this is team is much, very much in that mold. And it's shown up very recently with Mac Jones really seeming to buy in completely and looking pretty good without being like a huge downfield hitter. He's, he's just taking what's available and being very successful. Yeah, he is. I'm not saying he's the best of the rookie quarterbacks. I'm not saying he's going to be the best of the rookie quarterbacks. But so far, 10 weeks through 2021, he has been the best rookie quarterback in the NFL. And he's been a good quarterback overall. You know, like you talked about discipline, making the right reads. He's he's progressed significantly through the last um, few weeks. Yeah, and, and because of that, that, taking what's available to him, he's really used Hunter Henry a lot at, at the tight end position. He has come to rely on him in, in a lot of situations, especially in the red zone. Last week, Hunter Henry had two touchdown catches. This is a guy who will be using his tight ends, his running backs. Our linebackers are going to have to work again, per usual. Mm-hmm. And the good news is, our corners should be able to to lock down the receivers, like you said. Yeah, I mean, even if not locked down, like they'll do much better, right? Like C.D. Lamb on anyone besides A.J. Terrell is tough. Is tough. Meanwhile, Fabian Monroe did did decent last week, but having Avery Williams on on C.D. Lamb. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, that's a really bad matchup for us. We will most likely be playing with extra linebackers and extra safeties this game due to the amount of heavier personnel that New England goes with. And by heavier, I mean, you know, more running backs, more fullbacks, more tight ends, which is a strength for us. Yes, it just means also that our D-line has to hold up in the run game. We know Grady will. He's great. Everybody else has been kind of on-off at times. In some ways, I would expect to see a little less of uh, Ogundeji this week. He, at times, has had trouble with the power running teams, at least in the past few weeks. Mm -hmm. So he may be more relegated to just pass rushing. It'll be interesting to see what different defensive line personnel we use because this is a game where we really need to hold, hold the line, be good in the trenches. It'll be interesting to see who's active, who's inactive. Steven Means, who's one of our better run defenders, unfortunately, ended up on IR. So we won't be seeing him at outside linebacker this week. But 
like I said, Jonathan Bullard, full participant today. Hopefully we see him back. Anthony Rush and Mike Pennell have both been really good against the run, so we'll probably see heavy doses of them. Um, obviously, Tyler Davidson and Grady Jarrett and Marlon needs to continue stepping up each week. He's looked, he's looked, you know, he's looked good the last couple of weeks, but we need him. We need that to continue. Um, it's just tough when injuries keep derailing Marlon Davidson's progression through his career. Yeah, and I might also like to see Eric Harris up in the box a little bit more. He's been. I mean, he's been forceful tackling people and and getting his getting his hands dirty. So this might be a game to to pull him up, provide some help, and, and maybe take a little more risk on the back end because we've we've been doing a good job of keeping somebody deep all the time. And maybe this is a week to take a little bit more risk on that on that front. Dare I say, we'll see more Michael Walker this game. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like that's a, that's a, a train that may not, not come into station this year. Well, so just continuing with our defense, one thing that's also important to point out, Dean Pease worked with Bill Belichick for a while, so they know each other's tendencies, they know each other pretty well, and it goes both ways, right? They've both evolved, they've both changed from now and then, um, but similar to Matt Ryan and Dan Quinn last week, Pease and Belichick have a familiarity, so it'll be interesting to see how that matches up and how that plays it it definitely does especially because i'm i know that they've they've influenced each other back when they coached together and and it'll it'll be really interesting to see kind of how that that chess match goes because you know dean pease likes to try and confuse who he's going against and so you you have to imagine he's got some different ideas for this week i'm excited to see what happens and like i said though it goes both ways so hopefully it's more in our favor than last week. Flipping over to the other side of the ball, we did talk about Patterson possibly being out. Belichick has come out and complimented both Patterson and Pitts. And, you know, it's just obvious when you play Atlanta, those are the two guys. What Bill Belichick does better than anyone else in the league is he says, all right, who's your best weapon? We're stopping them, and you're going to have to find a better way to beat us. Could that be Patterson or Pitts? It's, you know, in my mind, it's a 50-50 coin flip, unless Patterson is hurt or if Belichick thinks Patterson is limited in some ways. Um, we could really see Pitts be neutralized this game or doubled or anything like that because that's what he does. He singles people out and he will say, you're not beating us. That's it. Well, what's interesting is the guy that was best suited to stop Pitts at the beginning of the year, they traded Stephon Gilmore to Carolina and Stephon Gilmore had some success, obviously, in the Carolina-Atlanta game, slowing Pitts down or at least making some plays like the interception Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting of the other corners he has, none of them are like as physical as long as Gilmore. So I don't know that he can just throw one guy over on pits and be successful. I think it would have to have some, some doubling and some. I think that will have to happen, and I think that will happen. The reality is these cornerbacks for New England, I mean, they're good. They're very good, and they're fast. The guys that they have left are fast. It's not like Pitts mm-hmm. is going to be blown by them. They'll be with him. No. He'll have to use length, if anything, to, to beat them. Length and strength. Yeah. If, if, if we see them manned up, right? I expect, like you said, if Bill Belichick decides he's taking away Kyle Pitts, our wide receivers are no match for their cornerbacks at this point. With Gage's struggles the past three weeks, I mean, he has seven catches in the past three weeks. That was all against one team. He has zero catches in two of the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. I can't expect him to do anything more than two or three catches. I mean, maybe he has a good week and he has five, six catches, but 
we can't expect anything at this point. Our leading wide receiver outside of outside of Pitts and Patterson, I believe, has been Zacchaeus. And I don't think anybody's sitting here saying Zacchaeus has been great the past three weeks. Going back to what you're saying, too, is the safeties, just, you know, defensive backs, safeties, and corners, they're fast, they're shorter, they're going to maybe not be able to stop the length and strength of Pitts, but they're going to lock these other guys up. Now, Patterson is a different animal, and how you kind of stop him will be interesting. You know, same with Pitts, too. It's going to be interesting to see how Arthur Smith moves these guys around and tries to get them in more advantageous situations. So they can utilize their strength, speed, size against other matchups, right? Like Dante Hightower, he's an inside linebacker. He's great for the Patriots, but he's not fast enough to keep up with either of these other two guys we just mentioned. And let's just rewind it. And you already said this, Jeff, but if Patterson can't go or is, in, or is limited significantly in this game, it is huge for us and a negative way, a huge negative for us. And I look at it, too, as Patterson, even if he's 100% a full go, if you look at snap counts week to week, Pitts outplays Patterson by a good amount each week. So if they're going to focus on taking away somebody, I would lean towards it being Pitts just because he's going to be on the Mm -hmm. field more. The game planning taking away Patterson is game planning for half or less of the snaps versus Pitts, who's on 60 70% easy, like guaranteed. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I would think they're going to lean towards game planning against Pitts. Like they'll clearly have a strategy for also doing something with Patterson. They're not just going to let him run free, but I don't think he's going to be the guy maybe that they'll focus on, I guess I would say, even though he's been very good this year. It's just he's not out on the field enough to maybe warrant that type of concentration. And do you think that's why we've seen so much success from Patterson is because of teams really can't spend the time to game plan for him because of the success Pitts has had because of the success he will have if you don't put attention to him, plus not knowing when and where you're going to see Patterson. Yeah, I, th- I think that's definitely part of it. I-, I definitely think NFL teams don't like to be embarrassed by Patterson week to week. Like, th- I don't think there's any enjoyment in watching him score when everybody knows he's been a top threat in the league this year. I- it's, not- it's not discounting anything about Patterson. It's just I feel like if you're spending most of your time game planning for a guy who's not on the field all the time, you're kind of hamstringing yourself in some ways because then you've game planned against a guy who may or may not be out there. Mm-hmm. Like when you go up against Derrick Henry, you're like, I know when he's out there, this is what we have to do. Like, and he's going to be out there. He's going to get 20 plus carries a game. He's going to get receptions. He's going to get targets. So then you have a, a, a very unified game plan. Whereas if you make it after Patterson, you're kind of like, this is what we're going to do half the time. And then the other half of the time we're going to do this. And it may change like play to play because he may come in and out. You just create a lot more thinking on the part of your defensive players that maybe you don't need to do. And you just kind of say, when Patterson's out there, this is what this guy's got him. And he may win now and then, but it's better than Pitts beating us all game. Just a thought. Yeah, I think I think that's a great thought. And hopefully we can see Pitts continue because it almost feels like he gets going in the first quarter, the first half, and then he like slows down big time. I mean, hopefully we can see that kind of like we did against the Jets and we did against some of the other teams. 
but hopefully we can see that continue so we can see him be successful throughout the game. Another thing that's important to talk about when we're talking about our offense, you know, we mentioned their cornerbacks, JC Jackson. He's like a, a ball magnet tied for second in the league with interceptions five. He probably won't be on pits because he'll probably be locking down whatever receiver we, we throw out there. He'll probably whichever just, one he wants, basically. Yeah. He's, he's better than our guys. Yeah, whoever Bill Belichick deems worthy. Honestly, he might say, Bill Belichick might say, our second and third corner are better than than Atlanta's first and second wide receiver. So let's just put J.C. Jackson man on pits and play with over-the-top help because why not? Yeah, you could see you could literally see anything out of Belichick just depending on what he wants to do. But Jackson is very good and it's not necessarily a bad idea. Like you said, he's like he's a ball hawk. Ryan has a tendency sometimes to just say, "Oh, I'm just gonna throw it to Pitts because my my life is going to hell back here." Yeah, and I need to get rid of the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that would probably be their best bet. Plus, the receivers for Atlanta, our receivers, we show that we can't separate well against man coverage. Dallas went man on us all game. And we just couldn't get any separation and led to just the horrible game. So we'll probably see a lot of man with with these cornerbacks. It's also important that we have to talk about Matt Judon, who's up there in sacks for the league, up there in pressures for the league. Um, He's actually a guy that I really liked coming out of Grand Valley. I don't know what he is now because he came out of college at like 275 pounds and you look at him now like there's no way he's 275 he's slimmed down he's leaned down he looks he looks good and he doesn't seem like he's lost strength he's still playing very strong <laughs> like he's not yes. in any means getting pushed around in the run game like he's he's playing excellent for them this year yeah he's a great he's a great player so it's important to keep an eye on him two things right like he's athletic enough where he's going to make Caleb McGarry really have to work. And I also think he's strong enough that he could give Jake Matthews some fits too. Um, Jake is, you know, Jake's a great left tackle. He's big, he's fast, he's strong, but he's more athletic than he has power, if that makes any sense. Um, mm-hmm. So he's really going to have to sink his butt and he- and bear down getting ready for some of Judon's power moves. Yeah, and I don't know that he'll be matched up all the time with Judon because – I've seen Judon playing a lot at left end this year when I've seen them as well. So mm-hmm. McGarry's going to have to be able to deal with the speed, which is the concern on that side, you know. The worst part is is his ability to turn speed to strength, right? So I don't know. We don't talk about that much on this podcast, but we probably will talk about it a lot once the season's over and we really start digging into the Falcons' needs and college players because – because we need some edge players and ta- and speed to strength is just huge. So basically what happens is he blows off the line, usually beats most people, but offensive tackles start kicking back and it catches them off guard with how strong he is. Because if you get back fast enough, then he turns that speed and that burst into power and just tries to go right through you and blows people back into the quarterback. McGarry and Matthews are really going to have to giddy up and just kind of be ready for that. Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. And he also shows a good ability to disengage from the power, too. I don't know if if you've seen that, but sometimes when he pushes the tackle in, the quarterback escapes out around, and he just ditches the tackle, no problem, and now he's chasing the quarterback down. Like mm-hmm. he, he's, he's very talented. Yeah, he is great. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so hopefully Lee Smith's back so we can give a little bit more chippage 
I, I know that's not a word, but I just made it up so we can give a little more chippage to him. And hopefully we don't see Lee Smith man on man trying to block him because sometimes with our scheme, we've seen that a little bit. And against the mediocre to not great edge rushers, Lee Smith does a fine job. But it's when you see Lee Smith blocking one-on-one with one of these elite pass rushers that we see him struggle a little bit but it'll be nice to have him back so hopefully he's back definitely uh, we could really use him and this might be a week too that if Hayden Hurst is good to go if Lee Smith is good to go I'd, I'd, it's not likely for Hayden Hurst but with the struggles we've had at with our wide receivers getting open I, I would like to see a three tight end week I know we talk about it every now and then and going into this week I believe we had the second most usage in the league of the three tight end sets at around 9% of our offensive plays, which first place was 19% for the Browns. They're just crazy ahead of the rest of the league, (laughs) but they have three really good tight ends. So it kind of makes sense. But are you saying they're better than our tight ends? I'm saying that I think that they, they're more average overall, but I think that they're more, they're all more dual threats than some of our Mm. guys. Like, Hurst has gotten better at blocking, but he's mainly a receiver. Lee Smith is a blocker. <laughs> when he catches the ball, like he's not getting any really yards after the catch. It's not really his strength. And then Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts is better than anybody in Cleveland, but he's more of a receiver than a blocker. He does fine blocking, but yes, I I get what you're saying. But the three of them can really do. They're more average at everything. Right, and so I wouldn't mind seeing. Like I said, I don't know that we'll be able to see it this week, but this might be a week to do it because our receivers aren't getting it done. We got to get so, we got to get something going, and this will be the game to do it. And I wouldn't be surprised too because you mentioned we were second in percentages for three tight end sets with the loss of Lee Smith and then Hayden Hurst getting hurt um, in the last game. I wouldn't be surprised if that if that we see that declined. But you know, the point is that we use three tight ends a lot, even though we we're clamoring for it. We'd like to see it more. They are doing it more than most teams. So right. So I guess with that, what needs to happen in order to see Atlanta come out Thursday night with the victory? Matt Ryan has to have time back there, which he hasn't always had, obviously, and it was really hard last week in Dallas. Somebody's going to have to help out Patterson and Pitts. Somebody has to step up in a in a big way. I know we've, we've kind of been saying that, but we just we really need somebody on offense. Like maybe give Blake or Darby some more run because – as much as they may or may not be better, they might as well get a shot. And I would say, too, it's important for us to establish the run. Um, we cannot let Judon and company pin their ears back and get after Matt. It doesn't have to be so successful, but the threat of running the ball has to be real. And by that, I mean if they can't have a light box, meaning they don't have five or more guys in the box. And if they have five or less guys in the box, we have to be able to run the ball on them. Uh, we have to be able to push the, push the pile. We got to be able to at least get three yards a tick, uh, make them respect it, so that way it can hopefully open up more things on the outside. And then defensively, our corners need to step up, and they need to stop their wide receivers because we're going to load the box up. We're going to stop the run. That's going to be our main focus this week, as it should be. So we're going to need our corners to man on man their wide receivers who are inferior. I'll say that their receivers are inferior to our corners. Across the board, one for one, two for two, three for three. And then be ready for the trick plays. Because you know Belichick and McDaniels are going to have something cooked up. They do every week. So we just got to be ready and, and make sure that that doesn't, you know, that could change the game, a big play like that. 
Yeah, I'm in full agreement with you about how we need to stop the run because, like I was saying earlier about Mac Jones, he's been taking what's available to him and just trying to make the smart play. And that that works great when your running game is successful because you're constantly in second and five, third and three, you know, manageable situations where if you take the dump off, that's to get you the first down. You know, Mm -hmm. your check down only needs to get three yards. Fantastic. You can use them because the checkdowns are open on a lot of plays. Whereas if you're in third and 13, your checkdown is just setting you up for a punt. So if we can really force him into worse situations, he might not make huge mistakes, but he may just take what's available and not force anything, and we can get them punting, which is what we need to do if we want to slow them down. So really it starts with stopping the run because if we can do that, limit the run game, limit screens, to just a few yards, we will have a much better time stopping this offense overall because Mac Jones shouldn't be the guy that beats us. So let's make him make him be the guy that has to beat us. Exactly. All right, guys. So we went over the Patriots, kind of with the roster, who to look out for, what we can do to to win on Thursday night, and we talked a little bit about the Dallas game and how we need to leave that behind us. Again, this is Thon Ray. You guys can follow us at Falcons underscore drip on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please make sure you subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do to get the alert for our next episode. If you guys enjoyed today, please leave us a review. It always helps us grow. Until then, see you next time. Rise up. Rise up.